You have just entered the Rocket Metal Combat Podcast with Ralph Vieira, also known as Dr. Fuck, Ian Wiley, the Ayatollah of Alcohola, and Terrence Reedon, the Rock Sponge. Now spread those ear holes and let them turn your brain to mush. This is the Rocket Metal Combat Podcast. Hey everybody, it's me, Dr. Fuck from the band called Brash or Die. And uh, I'm here with my buddy Ian and Terrence. How you guys doing? Not too shabby. Kick ass. All right, man. That's what I like. I like not too shabby and kick-ass attitudes on this show. <laughs> and uh, this week we're going to talk about the 1980 release and the final. Oh, was it 79? Yeah, 79. Okay, the final. Oh, we're fighting already. I love it. <laughs> the 1979 album that uh, was the last full-length. Uh, Led Zeppelin album uh, that they released, I mean, w- which was new, because Coda doesn't count because it's a compilation stuff. Uh, Into the Outdoor. And um, I just want to start off by saying that Into the Outdoor was the very first Led Zeppelin album I bought when it was brand new. That's I was already aware of Led Zeppelin. I actually went out and bought this album when it was a new release. So I guess because of that alone, it's very special to me. And back then, the vinyl came in a brown paper bag, and I just ripped it open, and, you know, I never kept the brown paper bag. But years later, I ended up getting another copy of it. I found it in a brown paper bag, and I never opened I never opened it. I kept it sealed because I figured, you know, oh, man, I, I'm, this is going to be worth some money because, you know, you can't find this in brown paper bags anymore. And uh, what happened was when when I first got online and stuff, you know, and eBay was getting really popular, I put it up for sale like an idiot. I didn't need the money or anything. It was just stupid curiosity. See, let's see how much I get for this album. And, yeah, I think uh, somebody paid like 150 for it, something like that. And I sold it, you know, and now in retrospect, I wish I would have never done that, you know. Anyway, so uh, it's a very special uh, album. And another thing I want to say that I almost saw this tour because I was in Germany in 19, late 1979 uh, to visit my brother who was in the Army. I was a little kid. I was, I believe, 14 years old. And uh, what do you call um so while I'm in I'm in Germany, you know, I saw this like they had these big banners for shows. Even Pink Floyd was going to play there soon. I saw a big banner for The Wall. I saw a big banner for Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin was playing there two freaking weeks after I left. So I missed it by two weeks. And uh, I could be wrong, but I understand that was the second to last show with Led Zeppelin. They only played one show after that. And um, then John Bonham died. They did schedule a U.S. tour. I remember that, too. I remember uh, being excited and hoping it was coming down to Florida, which I don't know if you guys are aware of, but the biggest show Led Zeppelin ever played was in Florida. It was in Tampa. At at that moment, it broke all records for the biggest rock concert. And my brother went to that. It was in Tampa during the President's Tour. And, uh, but unfortunately, John Bonham died and, um, 
that's it. I never got to see them play. Uh, but this album is very special to me. It's, you know, uh, I grew up with it. It's the very first brand new Led Zeppelin I own because, you know, when Presence was out, I was too busy watching movies and I wasn't really into Led Zeppelin or anything like that. Actually, I remember one time hanging out with friends and saying, you know, trying to act cool in front of my friend. And he was like, hey, you like Led Zeppelin? I was like, yeah, yeah, he's cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Anyway, so that's my... Uh, that's my little, uh, what do they call it? The intro to Into the Outdoor. I'll talk about the songs. We will talk about the songs when it's time. So let's uh, let's go to Ian. What Ian thinks of this album. Oh, oh. All right. First of all, I want to start off by saying I actually do love Led Zeppelin. Uh, you might not believe it by this review, but I do love Led Zeppelin. Uh, earliest, I mean, this came out when I was five years old. So, uh, but my mother loved in the evening and would play the shit out of that, like cleaning the house and doing stuff. So, uh, that's probably my first memory of this. Uh, it's probably one of the later Led Zeppelin albums I ever bought. Um, you know, just cause my dad was really into, you know, the early era and that's what I got into first and you know, what I bought first. Um, a good friend of mine actually has, has a ticket on his wall framed. He was to see this tour in Chicago at Rosemont Horizon. Uh, of, of course, it never happened because of John Bottom's death, um, which I'm going to tell you, you know, the truth behind John Bottom's death later in this review. If I got nothing nice to say, I'm going to drink a beer and pass this over to Terrence. Um, my first memory of this album was hearing it came out when I was three. That was August 79. I heard Fool in the Rain on the radio many times as, as a small child in all my love. But then in November of 85, um, this was actually my second Led Zeppelin album that a family member bought for you. It was truly the first was Presence. And my uh, mom, may she rest in peace, bought me the cassette of In Through the Outdoor. And something about that brown paper baggish cover that was on the cassette that just sort of intrigued me. And I already knew all my loves and things. And then when I first put In the Evening on in her car, I was just like, it was like I went into it was like the final frontier for, from Star Trek I was like oh, I was like whoa man this is too cool because you know unlike many nine year olds in 1985 I did not listen to any bullshit that was out that was popular then I got shit for liking Led Zeppelin back then Into the Outdoors an album I do not get sick of and funnily enough the album was number one for about seven weeks it knocked the knacks get the knack out of number one when it first came out, only to be knocked out of number one by the Eagles with the long run. And then the Eagles and Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd, all three bands, were responsible for the death of disco with the releases of In Through the Outdoor, The Long Run, and The Wall. Those albums sold so huge, disco basically never recovered on the album charts anyways. So my opinion of In Through the Outdoor... I have a soft spot for it, and still one of my favorite albums of all time. Awesome, uh, uh, Terrence. Let me ask you: that cassette you had, uh, the cover was a brown paper bag. That was it. Well, it was the it was a picture of the brown paper bag. It was um, your typical Atlantic uh, black paper, and then it had the front picture of the front cover, which was the brown paper bag cover. Yeah, I had the same cassette okay, as so well. Okay, because I never owned it on cassette. Uh, it didn't have the picture of the guy in the bar. No. Nope. 
Inter- okay. Interesting side note. Uh, that picture is actually based on a bar here in New Orleans called the Absinthe Bar, which is one of the oldest bars in New Orleans. And they took a picture from that and recreated it in a uh, sound studio in London. True story. Wow. Man. Yeah. They actually, should, they actually should have took that picture where Terrence or I live. Not where you live, you ungrateful bastard. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that. All right. So, okay, I'm going to kick off this album. Uh, I want to say also, anybody that owns the vinyl version, the inner sleeve, if you drop water on it, it turns color, uh, which I did to, which I still have my vinyl with the little water spill that I did back in 1980 or 79, back when I bought it. Um, Okay, let's start off with the first track. In the Evening, I hate this fucking song. I always loved it, but I hate it now because it's the only song Ian likes. So I say that's the album's good. Just in the evening sucks. Just kidding. The beginning of the uh, of the song it's so eerie and shit. Which was actually Jimmy Page was working on a soundtrack called Lucifer's Rising. That was uh, then I don't know what happened. I know at this time Jimmy Page was really fucked up on uh, heroin. He was a big heroin junkie, and this is like I, I, I Terrence. Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't this the only Led Zeppelin album where he didn't have something to do with every song? Yes, he did. There were two songs he did not write at all on the album. Where every pre, uh, every song uh, previous he had something to do with, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. I, I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, I am aware of that. Ian, come on. La- come on. Swing off the nuts of this tune. <laughs> all right. All right. Here we- I fucking love In the Evening. This Great song. I, I, I put it up, uh, could be in the top 10 Led Zeppelin. I mean, I am really a fan of In the Evening. Uh, but I kind of look at it as, uh, you know, this song in relation to this album is like dating somebody you're going to marry. You know, th- this is as good as it fucking gets. You know, th- th- this is, uh, <laughs> yeah, no holes barred. This, this, is, this is the best sex you're ever going to have. And from here, it's all downhill. But this song is everything that Zeppelin represents, the light and the shade. It's it's eerie, it's cool. Um I just I can't say enough good about it. And uh and uh th- that's as good as it fucking gets. I'm gonna give it to Terrence. In the evening. Excellent intro. The violin bow intro of Paige just kicks my ass, as does John Bonham's timpani rolls, and then when Robert Plants does that hunting in the evening and then it just bursts into the killer rocker that it is excellent song written by Paige Plant and Jones all three of them worked on it together Jimmy Page's guitar solo kicks ass as a matter of fact he was using a Fender Stratocaster on that track I think it was the whammy bar um, thing because he was like you know to make it sound like the door was being opened it was just him pressing down the whammy bar and then going up before he launched into the solo and I believe he used the duck blue Stratocaster on that track. And just a just a great song. A song the first thing I heard from the album when I first owned it, I never get sick of it. Killer song. Awesome. Okay, uh now we're gonna go into Southbound Swords where I want Ian to start this one. Alright. Um I will say this. Um when I knew we were gonna review this album Thank you to Mike Sears for requesting some Led Zeppelin. This is for you. Um, 
I, I said, hey, you know, yeah, I might not like this album, but I'm going to listen to it a couple times, you know, see if maybe my opinions changed on something. And this is the one song that did change. I was like, you know what? That's not a bad song. You know, not my favorite Zeppelin song of all time by any means. But I was like, you know what? This this ain't too fucking bad. There was something about it that, uh, you know, I was like, hey, not too fucking bad. Uh, and that's the best I got to say. It ain't too fucking bad. So, uh, Ralph, what do you think about Southbound, Southbound Swarze? Uh, this, this, this would be my least favorite track on of the album. Of course it is! Because you want to argue with me. <laughs> no, no, actually, I, I, but I do like it. This, you know, this is like one of those albums that I always have to measure, you know, the songs, which one's my favorite, which one's my least favorite. Even if I like the song, it's, I don't think it's as good as the rest of the album. Though Southbound Swarze is a cool song. I dig it. Um, it's different, but so is this, the rest of the album. I mean, Led Zeppelin are chameleons, man. Every album, they bring some different texture, some different sounds. I mean, after, like, maybe Zeppelin 2. I think Zeppelin 1 and 2 were kind of like a sister sister albums. But after that, with even starting all the way down to Zeppelin 3, when they went all acoustic on side 2, and bluesy, it was so different than everything they did before, and they continued that pattern, where I think on Into the Outdoor, they really stretched out the boundaries and this song is kind of uh, a happy tune in a way um, but I dig it it's, it's it's not a bad song, it's just my least favorite on on this very uh, special nostalgic album for me how about you Terrence? Southbound Soiree, as it's pronounced pardon my Spanish, um, is a great song. The piano, of course, this was one of two songs that Jimmy Page did not have a hand in writing in. It was written by Robert Plant and John Paul Jones. Then the piano thing, I just love the piano. And just sort of kind of brings back a vibe of early rock and roll, as far as I'm concerned. And Jimmy Page's guitar solo on the track just kicks so much ass. Robert Plant singing... Like a you know his normal self with some homages to fifties rockers on the song and you know it's the song that I hear the least you know if I'm forced to pick a least favorite this is probably the least favorite although I love of it of course it is because you want to argue with me yeah right <laughs> anyways that's my opinion of Southbound Sorry all right Terrence um. Let me tell you something. Uh, how old is this album now? 35 Five. years old? Yes. Okay. For 35 years, I thought it was Suarez. Like, like you know, like like a Mexican gardener. <laughs> you know, I, I, I can't believe you just corrected me uh, over something that... What is it? What, what's it? Suarez. What's it? What's, how do you pronounce it? Suarez. Suarez. And I always thought this song was about uh, Jimmy Page's gardener. <laughs> so, so there you go, man. You learn something every day. But, you know, in my defense, I never went to college, and I'm kind of like uh, educationally uh, really dumb. But I'm street smart, and I've been living out of my parents' house since 17, and I've been surviving on my own 17. So I'm, I'm a horrible speller. I'm horrible at math, and I'm not – I'm kind of like a dunce. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because I know people in their 30s and 40s that – that that are way smarter than me, but you know they, they still live with their parents. So so fuck you all, man. Street smart, motherfucker. All right, so Terrence, I'm going to ask you to start the next tune. 
Fool in the Rain, the album's first single, and it was the only song that actually hit the top 30 here in America, I believe in a heavily edited form. The song is an excellent Page Plant Jones collaboration, with, and the song that gets the most play on, got the most play on rock radio. Just a great song. Um, this was the song I first heard from the album as a kid prior to owning the album, years before I had it. And um, I love the way it cha- changes. It goes from the sort of ba-da-da-da-da-da for much of the song, and then all of a sudden in the middle section it goes into some Latin, you know, reggae-type sort of jam thing, and it was excellent. Just a great change of pace from your typical Led Zeppelin album. Where it goes, dum, dum, do, 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 and then all of a sudden, just thinking it, the rest of the song is going to be that way, it goes back to what it does at the beginning. And an excellent guitar synthesizer solo from Jimmy Page. That's a guitar synth he was using, one of the early ones, I might add, because in those days, guitar synths were pretty unreliable. But Jimmy Page made his guitar synth work very well. And then the ending just kicks, kicks so much ass. Some people's called the song Lot of the Love That I Found because Robert keeps playing I kept saying Lot of the Love That I Found is actually Fool in the Rain and Fool in the Rain just excellent song off to you Ralph alright uh, I'm having a really difficult time to, to say if I do like it or hate it because I haven't heard Ian's opinion yet I want to be opposite <laughs> of him but let's I'm go to Ian first then <laughs> no, no, no 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 I want to hear Ralph your unbiased opinion. No, 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 no. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Uh, Fool in the Rain, I really do like, again. And uh, Terrence, like, pretty much nailed exactly what I feel about the song, how the changes and the calypso with the steel drums and all that crazy drumming. I mean, that's the thing that I, I, I love the most about this song is the drumming. Um, it's, again, I would have to say it's my second least favorite. Uh, I, you know, I would always say, I only say uh, Southbound Soiree. Did I say it right that time, Soiree? There you go. All right. Uh, Southbound Soiree is the only one that I'll put under this one, but Fool in the Rain is a great song. Still played a lot on the radio down here in uh, South Florida. What do you think, Ian? (laughs) Okay, here we go. Uh, Yeah, they don't say Fool in the Rain, and they also don't say this song fucking sucks, which they should have. What a hot smoking turd this fucking song is. You know, I, I was sitting there, when I'm getting ready for this review, I was like, well, you know, I'm so negative on this album, i, I got to bring something different to it. So I'm like, I'm going to take the Terrence Reardon approach, and I'm going to find out some fucking facts on this album. So I went, you know, read some old uh, interviews of this album, and uh, Jimmy Page said at this time that uh, he had written a song with Paul Stanley called Read My Body, and... <laughs> He would like to write a song as good as that with Led Zeppelin. And, uh, you know, he's like, someday, you know, and uh, uh, someday happen. Uh, it's it's fool in the rain. This shit is fucking horrible. Um, I, I don't know. This, this just is not Zeppelin to me. There's actually, you know, look at the year 1979. There's more metal on Breakfast in, uh, in America by Supertramp than on fucking In Through the Outdoor. Uh, true story. Uh, hey, goodbye, stranger. Has that smoking solo, man? Yeah, yeah. I, like I said, it's a lot fucking harder. You know, this is like fucking uh, Slayer. You know, uh, compared to fucking in through the outdoor. But uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, this this was uh, Led Zeppelin's answer to "Read My Body." 
and that's my final answer. Ouch. On to you All guys. Right, All right, Ian. Continue your bash fest and uh, start off the next song. All right, hold on. The next song. Oh, my God. Oh, really? You're going to fucking hand me hot dog. Holy fucking yeah. shit. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'll never forget. Uh, it's probably about 1990. And at this time, I was a huge Zeppelin fan. Uh, you couldn't convince me they did no wrong. Uh, I was just like, man, Zeppelin is everything. I was 16, just had a car. I'm driving around, fucking just blaring Zeppelin all the time. I'm talking to a good friend of mine, Bo Handy. Got to give a shout out. Uh, we're talking about Zeppelin, and I was like, Zeppelin, man, never made a bad fucking song. I'm like, they're just, they're perfect. And he looks at me and he goes, Zeppelin never made a bad song. Really? I was like, yeah, name me a bad fucking song Zeppelin ever did. He goes, Hot Dog. I said, fuck you. <laughs> you got me. Hot dog, Jesus. Hot piece of fucking shit. Oh, my God. You want to talk about fucking filler? Good God damn. You know, heroin's responsible for a lot of good albums. Uh, you know, when heroin works, you get Exile on Main Street. When it doesn't, you get fucking Hot Dog and In Through the Outdoor. Uh, yeah. This, this is your guitar player on drugs, people. Fucking Hot Dog. Uh but I'm, I'm, I'm sure, you know, some of you people, you know, oh, it's Rockabilly, it's their fucking roots. Fuck you, I'd rather hear the cramps. Um, but Terrence, what do you have to say about Hot Dog? Well, Hot Dog, the, the song that closed side one of the original album. I actually love the tune. Sorry, Ian. Um, That's all right. Not to here. That's um, all right. And it's the only song in the album that was written by Jimmy Page and Robert Plant without the help of John Paul Jones. And it, you know, Jimmy used his um, brown Fender Telecaster on this track to recreate that 1950s Elvis Presley sort of sound to it. And Robert Plant's lyrics talk about a girl in Texas who left him high and dry. And uh, Robert doing his little homage to Elvis who passed away two years before the recording of this album, and this is sort of like, to some people, the only bright spot of happiness on the entire Into the Outdoor album, and um, I think it's just a great song. You know, a little homage to Elvis, as far as I'm concerned, and um, what else can I say about Hot Dog, but great song, Ralph, off you go. Alright, Hot Dog, I really, really, really love this song. It's uh, a lot of people a lot of people think it's a funny tune. Uh, and a lot of people think that um that it sucks, but those people don't matter. And uh, oh. yes, it's rockabilly ish and a lot of people a lot of those snobby people are like, Well, you know, Led Zeppelin, they're going back to their roots and you know, they're being they're doing the rockabilly and the Elvis Presley thing. And I'm like, yeah, man, I totally agree with you. I like being a nerd just like you, and I agree with that. So that's why I love Hot Dog, because I'm just like those nerdy, those nerdy people that love this shit, because it's so quirky and so root-oriented, and it's a great fucking song. And here's something that I'm sure maybe some of you may not know. Led Zeppelin made a video for this song. Oh, God. Bet you didn't know this, Terrence, did you? Um, somewhat didn't know, but now I know something. Yes, because this is why a lot of people don't know this, because you cannot find it online anywhere, and I have this Led Zeppelin VHS that I got way back in the 80s. It was a compilation, and there's a video of Hot Dog on there. It's a really bad generation 
And I should hunt it down, look through all my VHS, and put it up online somewhere because not a lot of people are aware that there is an actual, Led Zeppelin made an actual video, which, you know, think about it. Led Zeppelin never made a video back in the 70s, you know. But, um, yeah, there is a video for Hot Dog. And um, I, I, I adore this song. And you know what? When I first bought the album in 79, this was my favorite track off it. And I don't know, I guess it's because of that intro. That I just love that guitar playing. And, and it's just like the, the, the beat. I mean, you know, it's uh, it only the, this song only identifies with people that are cool. So I understand why you don't like it, Ian. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. You know what? That, 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 that's the sound of feet leaving the fucking arena when they play this fucking song. <laughs> Folks, you flip the fucker over to side two, and we begin with Carousel-Ambra, the ten-and-a-half-minute epic. You heard me right. Carousel-Ambra. Written by Paige, Plant, and Jones, the longest song in the album, and my favorite of the album. So many twists and turns in the song. The, the synthesizers of jo- Jones, who was actually using a Yamaha GX7, which uh, was given to him by Keith Emerson at that time, and just went to town on it. Jimmy Page, in fact, this was the only studio recording that Jimmy Page actually used his double neck on as well, through switching between 12 and 6 strings. Um, Bonzo's drumming kicks ass, Robert's vocals smoking. I love the way it slows down. For the it goes to that and then goes picks up the pace again, then back to the slow, then fast again, then back to the slow, and then all of a sudden stops cold and goes into the for the second half of the song. And what can I say about Carousel Lambert? But just a kick-ass epic, one of my all-time favorite Zeppelin songs. Then again, I'm a fan of progressive rock, so I love ten-minute-plus tunes. Unless your name was, uh, um, yes, who got kind of overindulged with some of their epics. But Zeppelin's, never. Uh, Ralph, off you go. Probably my favorite song off the album. And um, I don't know, there's just something about this song, man. It's like um, when I was a little kid back in 1980 or 81, this is before MTV, there was, I had cable, even back then, when cable was brand new. On one of the cable channels, they had a show they would show every day for a half hour. It was called Video Jukebox, where it, they would show a half hour of videos, and pretty much every day was the same damn videos. Borrow Time from Sticks. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, Iggy Pop, Bored. Um, anyway, the theme song to that show was Car- Carousel Did I Did I pronounce it well? Yes, you did. That was the the theme song to that show, Video Jukebox. And and I'd only hear like, you know, 10 seconds of it. But, you know, that's why I was like, every time I listen to the song, it just takes me back to a little kid, like being glued to the TV to watch the same damn videos every day over and over again. Uh, Yes, I would have to say this would be my favorite song off the album. Now we're going to hear an opinion that doesn't matter. Take it away, Ian. Hello. Uh, uh, I, I gotta say, this is a rare moment where I can uh, I can actually correct Terrence because the correct pronunciation is "couldn't give a shit less." Uh, <laughs> this, oh. this, this, this is some goddamn fucking circus music 
<laughs> Ringling Brothers bullshit. Although, although I gotta say, uh, when I was listening to it the other day, uh, you know, because like I said, I you know I listened to this album twice. Uh, I, I like when it slows down, like the, the middle part where like you know, and it, it takes out all the fucking carnival music. I, I, I like that part. I, I did. I was I was like, hey, hey, there's a good song fucking hidden in this motherfucker. And uh, I did. I didn't. This actual no bullshit. I read a, a clip from John Paul Jones where he said in the upcoming tour, this was going to be the centerpiece of, of the show. Where you know, you know, where it used to be like dazed and confused would go on forever and ever. This was going to be the centerpiece, and and that didn't happen. Thank fucking God. Uh, yeah, just just uh, not a fan. Uh, just John Paul Jones kills this for me, and I love John Paul Jones. I I truly believe he's the unsung hero of Zeppelin, but uh, this 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 carnival shit just doesn't do it for me. I I like the slower parts. And uh, let's go to uh, 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 what, what what's next? Oh oh, the Honey Drippers and all my love. Who who wants to do all my love by the Honey Drippers? I'll, I'll start this one. All right, go ahead, Ralph. Because you're all wrong. My, all my love, I believe, is uh, uh, written about Robert Plant's son who died of mysterious causes, and uh, it's to me. Uh, Freaking beautiful, beautiful, beautiful song. Uh, my favorite part is the acoustic uh, middle part with the swirling keyboards in the background. It's just, to me, it's just music perfection. Gorgeous song from the beginning to end. I also made a video for this one. Um, and probably my, no, I was going to say probably my favorite Led Zeppelin ballad, but that would go to Tangerine. But I guess. Uh, now you're know, talking. Um, and by the way, no, Tangerine sucks. What am I thinking? <laughs> Haters are going to hate. <laughs> um, I didn't know you liked Tangerine. God damn, you're ruining the band Led Zeppelin discography. What? You, you wouldn't know I love Led Zeppelin by this album, but I actually do. I hate Led Zeppelin now. <laughs> oh, you fucker. <laughs> uh, so anyway, all my love, I... I give this song all of my love. How's that? Ugh. Terrence, what do you think of All My Love? Uh, all My Love, I Love. Um, written by Robert Plant in honor of his son, Carrick, who died while Zeppelin were on tour in 77 from a stomach infection. Carrick was only five years old when he died. Poor kid. Uh, John Paul Jones wrote the music. I can actually play this song on keyboards and guitar and drums. Actually, there's a video of me playing the keyboard to riff to the song on my on the channel that I showed which um, I, I saw and I liked it thank you very much it's just um, excellent synthesizer work from John Paul Jones who just underrated keyboard player and I'm still trying to figure the keyboard solo part as well which is a little tricky because I don't have fast fingers but I can play it as precise as one can and um, all my love was was just a Beautiful, beautiful song, and it's actually probably my favorite ballad of all time by anyone. I don't give a flying shit what anyone says. If they're going to have to get a, a firing squad to shoot me for saying I love all my love, get the guns out and shoot me, because this is the greatest fucking rock ballad ever made. Eat your heart out, dream on by Aerosmith. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ian. All right, Terrence, you want in the front of the head or the back of the fucking head? All right. 
put the sugar, <laughs> in, put the bell in the mouth, motherfucker. <laughs> All right, no, I won't do that. I love you, brother. Uh, actually, not a bad song. It, it's all right, but uh, to me, it sounds more like you know, this, this shows you where Robert Plant wanted to go, and this is like this is like his solo kind of shit to me. Not a horrible song, but uh, not Led Zeppelin to me by by any stretch of the means. Uh, but not to say it's horrible. It, it's it, it's eh. It, it, it's all right. Uh, that's it. That's it. It's it's eh. I, I you know I don't hate it as much as you think. But I don't like it as much as you guys. So, uh, who, who's... Wow, wow Ian. Ian, I had no idea you hated f- uh, dead five-year-olds. Oh. Well, you know, I, I didn't want to bring this up. But they actually played a demo for his son. And he stuck his head in the fucking water. That's, you know... That's... I, 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 but this is not the first time this has happened. Uh, actually, you ever heard that song by Eric Clapton? Uh... What's what's uh, Tears yeah 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 a lot of people think that Eric Clapton wrote that about his dead son. The true story is he played it for his son and his son jumped out the fucking window. Uh, I, I, I shouldn't be laughing at that. You're making me sound so evil. Damn you, Ian. I know, I know. I, I, I'm the dark sheep of uh, dark light, but uh, no, it's a true story. Sometimes kids kill themselves, and it's because of bad music. Uh, yeah. Oh man, but. Uh, Too bad. Too bad it didn't infect you that way. I'm yeah, just kidding. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm oh. kidding, my brother. <laughs> Too bad you didn't hear this at five years old. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, oh, oh. oh now that's funny. Hey, funny's funny. Comedy's not pretty. That was a good one. Good, yeah, thank you. All right, who's going to start off I'm Going to Crawl? We close the album with I'm Going to Crawl, which begins with John Paul Jones playing more synthesizer riffs, kind of reminiscent of the previous song, and then... It turns into a Page Plant Jones bluesy number. Jimmy Page's guitars on this track are just incredible. Robert Plant, I think, delivers the best vocal performances of his career on this track because he encompasses all his singing abilities. He starts soft and croons in the first verse, and then the second verse does the crooning, and then he gets into the powerful thing right at the bridge of the song. And, um, and then Jimmy Page comes in with an excellent guitar solo, one of his best. I believe he uses Les Paul on that one. Um, and then the final verse with Plant singing and then unleashing these screams, which, you know, he was 31 years old when he, or 30 years old when he recorded this album. I was like, how in the hell can he still hit those high A's at that age? Because by then a lot of people would be, were stopping their screaming and things, but plant unleash not one but two screams at the end of the song and i'm like whoa and then his final i'm gonna crawl as jimmy page's final c sustained seventh chord hits and um john paul jones's c with a suspended d over it ends the song and ends led zeppelin's proper recording career with a beautiful song and to me one of the greatest final songs ever released by a band. Ian, now you go, Bass, you bastard. <laughs> I'm going to crawl. I'm going to fucking go to sleep. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's not bad. It's it's all right. Um, I'm not swinging on the nuts like you are. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, I've heard better. I've heard worse. Uh, 
I, I, I don't know, man. This, this whole album left a left a bad taste in my mouth, you know. Much like your mother. Hey, there we go. Oh, the doctor fuck. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's all it's all right. It's it's another one of those. Um, you know, I'm listening to it again after you know because I hadn't listened to this album in years because I was so dissatisfied with it. You know, I gave it a couple of listens. I was like, eh, it's all right, but uh, nothing to fucking write home about. Uh, now, I know, Ralph, you're going to agree just to be a fucking prick, so uh, t- t- tell me what you think. Okay, I'm going to crawl. Uh, this one, I'm going to be honest, like, uh, I didn't really like it back in the day because um, every time it would start, it reminded me, like, of a soap opera, and I was like, oh, and I just turned it off. And, you know, soon after I bought this album, I started discovering bands like Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, the new wave of British heavy metal, and Scorpions and stuff like that. Like, you know, the, I, it took the place of uh, the uh, In Through the Outdoor and Kiss and all that stuff that I liked before, uh, but not Black Sabbath for some reason, uh, for obvious reasons. But anyway, so I never really gave I'm Gonna Crawl a chance. And then it, I, uh, because back then, my young mind couldn't grasp around the greatness of this album. Kind of like how uh, Ian's old mind can't still grasp around this album. <laughs> so uh, uh, I really do like the song. And, and, and Terrence said it perfectly, man. And I was just listening to this the other day so I could have it fresh in my mind. And yeah, those screams at the end are so fucking awesome. And kind of like out of the blue because I was listening to it and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I know Plant screams somewhere at the end, and when he does it, it was unexpected. And that, to me, is greatness. When you listen to a song that you're familiar with and you're waiting for something, and you're not quite sure where it is, and then when it comes out, it surprises you. And I've heard this song a million times. It's just I haven't heard it in a few years. I haven't heard this album in a few years, actually, to be uh, honest. It's maybe been three years since I put on Into the Outdoor. So yeah, For good reason. That- that, no, that's not a good reason. Okay. I, I haven't listened to Van Halen 1 in five years, okay? All right, I got you. So, so um, anyway, so that's our review of uh, In Through the Outdoor, and uh, I hope we can find more albums that we're all divided on because everybody agreeing on the same shit is boring as fuck, and I, and I, and, and I laugh my ass off with Ian this time, man. You're one funny motherfucker, Ian. Why, why thank you. Why, thank you. And, you are a funny bastard. Him. You know, I love your hatred for this album. It's like <laughs> everybody out there should be more like me. For <laughs> people that hate shit you like, but you still laugh at it because you think the guy's funny as fuck. And I respect your I respect uh, your opinion, Ian. I mean, uh, but at the same time, you know, uh, I got to act like I don't respect it toward the show because it makes it funnier. And... Uh, uh, I got to say, Led Zeppelin, uh, this is my least favorite Led Zeppelin album, uh, not including Coda, but you heard what I had to say about the song, which shows you how much I love this fucking band. I'm going to let you guys cap off this uh, this review. Well, before we do, I have a little extra to add to it. There were three more songs recorded for In Through the Outdoor, but were not used, but unfortunately was released on the Coda Oddities album in 82. First is Ozone Baby, which is not a bad song. It was the song I heard as a kid. 
on rock radio up here in New England. And um, that was a Page Plant rocker. And then the next outtake was Darlene, which was the only song from the in through the outdoor sessions written by all four members of the band. And it was the song that got most airplay on rock radio, funnily enough. Not a bad song either, but not one of my favorites. But um, the final song recorded for In Through the Outdoor and Not Used due to constraints of vinyl was the kick-ass plant page rocker wearing and tearing, which basically was telling the punk rockers, fuck you, we can still rock out with the best of them, and if you don't like it, kiss our ass. And um, what can I say? You know, I mean, in, you know, Coda would be like the Let It Be album from the Beatles, a sort of afterthought, because to me, In Through the Outdoor ranks with The Division Bell by Pink Floyd, Abbey Road by The Beatles, and Innuendo by Queen is the perfect final album from a legendary band. And I also have a review for Presence and Physical Graffiti on my page, TJR Rock Sponge, for those of you who have not seen either of those. Ian, now you sign off, you son of a bitch. All right, oh, man, we're, gonna, we're, gonna have, we're gonna have we're gonna have Ian close this one. Damn! Yeah, oh. yeah, it's on me, baby. Uh, in closing, I do. I I love Led Zeppelin. I I love Led Zeppelin, but this shit's just horrible. Actually, I I like Coda better than this album. And yeah, yeah. No, oh, I, no. I actually go 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 back and listen to Coda. After this, and uh, I think if you like Led Zeppelin, you're going to realize it is better. That's just my opinion. But, uh, you know, this is a bittersweet interview because uh, a lot of you might not know this, but at the time this was recorded and came out, um, I actually was close friends with Led Zeppelin, John Bonham in particular. And uh, he he called me up one night after listening to, you know, a rough cut of the album, and he's like, man, I don't know. You know, it's taking a different direction. It's a little bit softer. And I said, well, you know, send me some rough cuts. Send me some demos, and I listened to it. And I called him back, and I was like, you know what? Uh, You know, this reminds me of, like, my ex-wife's voice. And I'm like, if I was you, just drink until it sounds good. And and unfortunately, he did. And he died. Uh, But uh, I love Led Zeppelin. It's unfortunate. Uh, But... All in all, it's not a bad Honey Drippers album. Um, wow. Yeah. That's, that's very interesting. Yeah, yeah no, no. Actually, I, I like to pretend that Jimmy Page did nothing uh, after Presence until Coverdale Page, which I think Coverdale Page blows this album away uh, and blows away The Firm and Outrider and all that. But that's just my opinion. But, uh, you know, please don't get the misconception that I don't love Led Zeppelin because I do. I am just not a fan of this album. And... Uh, but thank you all for listening. I'd like to give a big shout out to our new sponsor. Our new sponsor is <laughs> is Slaggers, uh, the only all mature adult strip club in New Orleans. Slaggers, where the only thing lower than our drink prices are the dancers' nipples. Uh, we we have daily drink specials like Menzi Mondays. You know, just because they're going through the change doesn't mean you can't bring yours. Come to Slaggers. Furthermore, I like to also say that this program was sponsored by Degeneration X. And if you're not down with us, we got two words for you. Suck it! All right. So uh, in closing, I'd just like to say that we found out two interesting things about Ian. Not only does he love dead five-year-olds, but he killed John Bonham. 
True story. Right. And, and, and we also learned that, that that old strippers don't die. They just still dance to Motley Crue, and they still love meth, and they need your money. Please come to Slaggers. French Quarter, <laughs> New Orleans. And DX says suck it. All right, guys. So uh, thank you all, and I hope you all enjoyed this program, and we're even going to get more brutal. we got to find albums that we all don't agree on. Hey. So signing off. This is Dr. Fuck from Thrash and I and Terrence Joseph Reardon, the crazy nut son of a bitch piece of shit. Just getting Terrence Reardon and last but damn sure not least. Yeah, this is Ian with Cirrhosis of the Lever. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Uh, he loves dead <laughs> five-year-olds. Later, guys. Sayonara. <laughs>